Oh, hi! Welcome to the Duff Party, where politics and puns collide. On this show, we talk politics with people all across the political spectrum. Here, we talk to each other, not past each other. All the while cracking bad dad jokes, drinking cold beer, and eating delicious food. We are smart, kind, funny, game changers. Here to have our minds and opinions confirmed, challenged, and even changed. So grab your headphones, your drink of choice, and your sense of humor, and join us for the party. We're super stoked you're here. All right, guys, welcome back to the Dev Party. My name is Santel. I am your host. And today I have a very special guest, not one of our co-hosts, but a new guest, Marcus. Marcus, welcome to the Dev Party. I'm uh, very happy to glad. I'm very happy to be here for my first time. I'm a little bit nervous, but at the same time, I'm very excited to talk about um, the Dev Party today. So very Sweet. happy to be here. Thank you so much. And to calm his nerves, tell us what you're drinking. I am drinking a Blue Moon. I'm more of a light beer kind of guy. What are you drinking? Uh, vodka soda. That's kind of my thing. And people that listen a lot know I like to do chicken nuggets with it. But tonight I'm meeting dinner later. <laughs> it's like so. a 10-year-old meets like a 25-year-old. That's awesome. That's literally me in a nutshell. In <laughs> fact, I think we found the soundbite. All right. So <laughs> um, our co-hosts are out this week. Um some of them are boozing it up in the Caribbean. Others have a lot of work going on, but they will be back to join us later. And so I figured this week was actually an awesome time to bring on a special guest and kind of do our civic engagement questioning format that we've done in the past, mainly because um, there's an election in like 30 days. <laughs> so 2018 midterms are coming up in 30 days and a lot of states, uh, the deadline to register to vote is this Tuesday. So by the time that you're listening to this, it will be that day. So get your ass in gear and go register to vote. If you don't know how to register to vote, I want you to do something for me. I want you to go to google.com. I want you to type into the search bar, register to vote, and then what state you live in. And it'll tell you exactly what you need to do. I just updated my voter registration online. So hopefully your state isn't still in the dark ages and you can do that type of thing. Um, and so that is my PSA to you because uh, we're getting down to the wire. And as you know, if you're a listener here, it's civic engagement all day, every day. And if you hear that in the background, my refrigerator is agreeing with me. So <laughs> without further ado, we're going to jump on in and I'm going to chat with Marcus and get to know him a little bit more, his beliefs, his politics, and his civic engagement style and what he enjoys doing to be civically active. So without further ado, let's hop on in. So Marcus, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so uh, I grew up in, in California and uh, reg regular middle-class home. Um, parents weren't super involved in politics, but definitely leaned uh, more Democrat than Republican. Um, but at the same time, it wasn't something where it was necessarily forced on me. I was able to for my opinions of myself, uh, growing up in, in, you know, Los Angeles and kind of a rough area, but then later moving to a nice area about an hour South in Orange County. Um, so I would say that probably part of my politics, my view changed, not necessarily because of my parents, but because of my surroundings and the school that I went to and the people that I met. And, um, I think everybody that you kind of, 
you can learn something from everybody. And so even if you don't necessarily agree with their point of view, maybe it changes your point of view um, and, or gives you a different perspective. Sure. That's awesome. And so what issues do you find that you gravitate toward, you want to read up on, you really care about? What, what are some of the issues that really drive you to the polls? Yeah, I mean, I think that I actually now live in Florida and the one that has been really pushing me lately is the sand your ground law in Florida. Okay. And, uh, you know, that's been well talked about here with the Trayvon Martin case. And uh, the reason that's really important to me is I feel like there have been a lot of people that have either innocently died or something was taken to an extreme. And because of this law, uh, they were able to get away with it, Um, you know, and it doesn't necessarily mean that something, maybe something happened that caused somebody to pull a gun. But in my opinion, that was too extreme of an, uh, that was too extreme of a response to, uh, that escalated a situation to somewhere it never should have went in the first place. Um, and you know, with all the talk about racial injustice in America, I feel like now living in Florida, that's something I'm kind of seeing every day. Um, so that's something really important to me, um, as of especially the last couple, the last couple months since I've lived here. So would you say that since moving from the West coast to Florida, to the South, you noticed racial inequalities more? Yeah, I would say that it just depends on where you live. I grew up in Los Angeles and it was really, you had white people, African-Americans, Hispanics, Asians, and we all kind of lived together, which was, you know, a a great experience for me as a kid, but you, I, I eventually lived in Oregon, and when you live in Oregon, there, uh, you, you have a decent Hispanic population, but there's not a lot of African American people. Can um, confirm, there are everyone's hella white. Yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, you don't really uh, see it as much, but even in Portland, you would have areas that uh, were kind of hotbeds for like the African American community that kind of ended up eventually getting taken over. Um, as time went on, they got pri- a lot of people got priced out of their homes or their apartments, and they had to end up leaving the area, which is obviously really sad. Now in Florida, um, it's a very, where I live at least now is a very diverse area. Um, and so just kind of seeing, again, in a very diverse area now, um, how people live day to day, it definitely is different. Um, but I think with Sandra Ground Law, you've, in my opinion, you've seen certain uh, injustices taking place because of the, the color of somebody's skin, which to me isn't right. Yeah, absolutely. And do you find that you're more focused on the Sandra ground issue because it's a midterm and so we're more focused on voting by state or is that just something you really care about? I'm, I'm thinking because like we have a midterm coming up and like a lot of people like forget that those exist. <laughs> Not our listeners because they're awesome. A lot of people think you just vote for president in four years and that's literally it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so do you find like those really specific issues? Um, does that kind of drive you like on a case by case basis? Or do you have any issues that are like so overarching that like every single time you have an opportunity to vote or speak out on something or, you know, volunteer with something that you're like drawn to it over and over again? Yeah, I think that standard ground law to me, the law in itself is very extreme. And, and I, I know that this, this is actually funny enough, kind of an extreme example. But for me, like I could be driving on the road and 
maybe I accidentally make a mistake and I, and I turn in a lane and I cut somebody off and I didn't see them or something. And this person is raging angry. And, you know, I can try to diffuse the situation. You know what? I'm sorry. It was an accident. Um, but again, it, it can actually get to this point where somebody can say they had to defend themselves because maybe they thought I was doing it on purpose or, and so I just feel like there, again, these are extreme examples, but I feel like there are a lot of examples that in the court of law can be argued of, to a reason why somebody should be able to take out a gun and defend themselves, uh, for a lot of examples that aren't necessarily, in my opinion, worthy of, of that. And especially with the, the racial inequality, uh, what we've seen, uh, especially with the Trayvon Martin case, is a lot of times what is happening is it's African-Americans that are being gunned down uh, with the Sandra Ground law. And then eventually a lot of people getting off with, in my opinion, that shouldn't be getting off. Um, so that is something that I, I really care about because I, I don't feel like that is right. And I feel like there has been a trend in this country um, in general, but especially in Florida with the Sandra Ground law. That's a lot. It is. It is, for sure. <laughs> That's a lot. Um, I tend to agree with you on that. I'm going to argue the other side, since the other side isn't here to talk. <laughs> and I'm going to ask, like, do people, do you think people have the right to defend their property under the standard ground law? Or do you think it is solely, like, bodily harm? And I ask that because of, like, the road rage example you just gave. And maybe someone wants to protect, like if you're if they're if you're breaking into their car or their home, mm -hmm. and do they have a right to defend that with a firearm? And that's an interesting topic because I've actually had discussions with people in the past that have said, if you break into my car, I have the right to shoot and kill you, mm -hmm. which I vehemently disagree with. Mm -hmm. See, and I, it's funny enough because my opinion on that kind of opens up because I feel like if somebody um, I have this, this, this discussion a lot. Like I, I don't ever see myself carrying a firearm. However, at the same time, if I lived 30 minutes outside of the nearest city mm -hmm. and if I needed the cops or 911 and they couldn't get to me for at least 15 minutes, right. I can completely understand the reason to have a firearm. Um, you know, it, it's one of those things where it's very difficult to think about, but if it's 3 a.m. in the morning and you hear somebody breaking in your house, and you have no idea if this person has a gun on them. Uh, all you know is you're guessing that they're trying to take money or items out of your house. Uh, I can understand why somebody would want to have an, a, a firearm on them. And possibly at three in the morning, probably when, when you're right waking up, have it on them and be ready to be ready to shoot. Because you don't know mm -hmm. if if you walk out your room and you go into your living room, you don't know if that person has a firearm, a firearm on them. Um, so I can actually completely understand why you would want to have a firearm in, in a situation like that. Um, for me, it's just, if somebody is walking into trouble and you feel like your life is truly a, th a threat, I, I feel like it's completely okay, to, it, like that example I just mentioned, to have a firearm. I think what has been misconstrued is there are a lot of situations where somebody can avoid even like a fight, not even necessarily like getting shot, somebody can avoid even it going to fighting and people are getting shot over something like that. And I feel like that is a very different example than actually truly feeling like your life is on the line. Like your life is not on the line. If you are angry over a parking spot, <laughs> like if you get killed over a parking spot, that's very different than somebody walking in your house, stealing your stuff, 
and you waking up in the morning, finding out that there's somebody in your house. I think that's very different. Yeah, I agree. I think the issue is the escalation and de-escalation yes, part of it. Yes. And that is something that I would argue I see with police brutality issues. That's something that I've seen with the Florida Stinger ground law, having lived here previously. And I live in Florida currently. Um, and it's a real, uh, I don't necessarily have the answer because I don't know if you can even legislate against something like that with police. Probably you could probably do a better vetting process and training and community service and, and really look for the right people for the job um, with citizens and armed citizenry. Can you teach de-escalation? I mean, possible. Never say never. Like I'm an optimist. I'm sure there's a way, but it's definitely interesting. And it's definitely interesting that that's what kind of like drives you to the polls. And I feel like a lot of people, and this, this is just my opinion, but like, I don't want to live my life based on fear. And so again, if people have firearms and they feel like they want to use that firearm to hunt, um, to protect themselves and their family, I completely understand that. Um, I feel like there are, however, people that use firearms and they have their firearms and they possibly use their firearms uh, based off fear. And just for me personally, I don't want to live my life in a bubble, a state of fear. And so when I see stuff like this, where somebody gets shot and killed over a parking spot, I feel like there's a fear that's ingrained in somebody that has to go to shooting somebody over it. Mm -hmm. I feel like the mental health issue is big there. Mm -hmm. I mean, I feel like you have to have some fear in your mind if you're driven to that extent. Um, So... Yeah, that makes sense. You touched on the word bubble, and I want to kind of take this in an interesting direction. So you talk about the bubble here. I want to talk about, there are people out there listening right now that are probably like cursing my name and will DM me about this episode later (laughs) about the right to bear arms and firearms. And you know who you are. You guys are awesome. Keep DMing me. But um I want to know what you think about this bubble. So people listening right now that either maybe agree with the two of us, disagree with the two of us. Do you think bubbles exist either on social media or actually out in the world where if you're conservative, you're kind of in this conservative bubble where you consume your news and your media and your friends and all of that exists and your positions kind of are shaped in that bubble and the same with liberals. They get their news from liberal sources. They have liberal friends. They live in more liberal like cities or places and, and it kind of is a bubble. And do you see those bubbles? Do you think you're in a bubble? I'd be so curious to hear about that. A hundred percent. And and like you said, I think that it it's, it's on all sides. And, and that's the hardest thing is so many people want to point fingers. And in the end, that leads to, you know, mudslinging and it doesn't get anything resolved. So for me, there's 100% bubbles on on both sides. Um, Honestly, one of the best ways that I get away from it is I really try not to consume a lot of news. And people would think that's crazy. Um, But in general, a lot of the news that you see, I would say 80 or 90% of it is is bad news (laughs) or, uh, you know, stuff that is going to get the clicks, you know, like clickbait. You know, but you're not going to hear a lot of positive news stories. And even 
regardless of whether it's Democrat, Republican, or, or, or any other party, uh, you're going to get the sens- sensationalized news. Um, so, so for me, it's important not to necessarily form my opinion off of Fox News or off of CNN or off of any other site, but um, just really kind of develop my own position just with, with my own life. And I feel like it's very easy to get dragged into one site. And we have to remember, like, these aren't, we are literally like voting to shape our country. And I feel like so much of the time we literally, like, we think we're fighting in gangs. Like this isn't the bloods and crips. Like we, (laughs) we, we honestly need to drop, in my opinion, we need to drop the gang mentality. Like this is about what, in my opinion, like it should be about what's best for our country. And so if I feel like a hundred percent, I feel this. If you take 20 issues you have 20 issues. You shouldn't be conservative on 20 issues. You shouldn't be liberal on 20 issues. Mm. I feel like That's being a human is being a human and really forming your own opinion means you're not liberal on everything. You're not conservative on everything. It might be 15 and five where there is, okay, 75% of me is Republican or Democrat on this or, you know, vice versa, but form your own opinions and don't just necessarily listen to you know, what the president says or, you know, what the previous president said or what the people on the news channel say, form your own opinions. And, and, and then based off of those opinions, then when you hopefully go to the voting poll, you figure out who you're going to vote for, not just at the national level, but at the state level and at the city level. That's really interesting. I really like that. I hate the tribalism that I see, not like primarily in the two major parties, but also like and some of the, the third parties and the minor parties are very like, uh, what is the term? Like nose up to the major parties. Like, uh, well, they're both so corrupt. And mine is so much better because of X, Y, and Z. And like, no, not necessarily. So <laughs> I totally agree. And I think myself or I might lean a certain way more than other ways. There are issues that you probably consider me conservative on and it might surprise you. And so I, that was good. I liked that. That might be the intro to this podcast was that little part of it. (laughs) The best of the the podcast is yet to come. Don't worry. I'll have more sound bites. I'll be here all day. The further you get through the beer, the better that the podcast gets. (laughs) That's typically how these things go. So, but I totally agree. And I like it preach against the tribalism because that is so much of our problems is just like defending my guy or or you defending your guy or your position or your thing and everyone else that doesn't agree with you is evil and unfriended on Facebook and like just totally like adding to the bubble problem that I think we have that I think we can all agree we totally have (laughs) the way that I see it is we are offering solutions to make our country better and those solutions can come from many different walks of life. They can come from many different points of view. Uh, so like your host is saying, we don't necessarily need to condemn people that don't agree with us as long as, um, as long as our end goal is the same. And as long as we're trying to create a better country, to me, that's the most important thing. And uh, the more open dialogue we can, we can have where we can be honest and not you know, insult each other because of our views, uh, I think the better our country is going to become, whether that's you know, Republican, independent, uh, Democrat, it doesn't matter to me. 
Yeah. And I think a mix of all of that is what's needed to get the best legislation and the best outcomes that we want. And yes, I'm, I'm smacking my fist because I really believe in this. And that is why I'm grandstanding about it. But no, for real, I like, to me, that's the best. Like, it's not these trifectas where one party controls, like, the three branches of government in a state and it's not, you know, the constant, like, you know, going back and forth with, you know, this administration and then this administration changes four years later and then eight years later and I win, you lost, blah, blah. It's it's more of like, let's get a good mix together. And I was reminded of this the other day when I was trying to study uh, my ballot coming up for the 2018 midterms, I'm going to be voting in Florida and there's like a zillion and a half amendments on the ballot <laughs> in the state of Florida, because every 20 years, this commission um, gets together and recommends that amendments be added to the ballot for the voters to vote on. And it's really cool. I think it's the only state in the nation that does this. And any citizen could submit proposals for amendments and they, this I com- do. <laughs> nice. <laughs> And this um, commission will approve and recommend some. And anywho, so a bunch ended up on the ballot. And I'm trying to study up on it. And then I'm like, I want to know more about this commission. And the commission is appointed primarily by the governor. And then, like, I think the speaker of the house. And then, like, three or a judge. Like, it's very, like, whatever. And so the problem in Florida, or the could-be problem in Florida, is that um, it's a trifecta, I believe. All of, all of the government is under GOP control for, like, the last 20 years, I think. Um, so while it's a swing state in national elections, at the state level, it's controlled by the GOP, which, great if you're GOP, you're probably angry if you're Democrat. I don't know, whatever. So anywho, the, if that's the case, then they might be more likely to appoint Republicans. Maybe, maybe not, but I, I I did the research. And out of the 37 commissioners, 31 are Republicans, which means that everything in theory that is brought before this commission is viewed through the lens of someone that votes with the GOP. So my point is saying, if they had just gone out of their way to get a more balanced view of the commission and say, let's try to find like X amount of Republicans, X amount of Democrats, X amount of nonpartisans or went fully nonpartisan. Cause now I'm going to like really study all these measures and be like, what was the intention of putting this on the ballot? Which I guess is a good thing. And by the way, if, if you want to improve your overall well-being, if you are Democrat and you, if you are, if you're a Democrat or if you're a Republican, uh, listen to what is happening right now. And also understand that you can be Republican and hear this information and think, you know, this is nonsense. It shouldn't be this way. If it was, if it was Democrat, it would be the same thing. So again, rather than putting yourself in your party shoes, Mm. say, is this, again, is this fair? Is this right? And, and the easiest way to do that is whatever party you side with, whether it's Democrat or Republican is if your party was in control, would you still feel like it's correct? Or would your viewpoint change? And I feel like if you have a balanced viewpoint on this, uh, again, as a human being and rather than a, a Democrat or a Republican, mm-hmm. like that is, again, like, it, I don't know, like just in my opinion, like it, it's a different way of thinking about it. And and so a lot of times when something favors you, uh, that's when it's hardest to have a non-biased view on it Ooh. and agree with it. Um, yes. Or, you know, and, and obviously when it doesn't play, uh, when it doesn't go with you, it's easier to be the victim. Uh, but again, I think that like 
being able to form that view without having a site to choose from just your overall, should this be, should this be primarily one party, regardless of the color? Um, I think that that's an important question to have. You're on fire. I don't know why you're nervous about this podcast. <laughs> He's getting through the beer, so it, it's getting good. Um, this sidebar, this is the first dev party episode where the guest is actually here in person. I'm here all the way. We've been trying to do this type of stuff for a year <laughs> and it's always been digital. So this is pretty cool. Um, so anyway, I, yes. And, and that's, you're absolutely right. Because I also have to think, okay, this is how I feel about it. And is it just me feeling this way in like a tribalistic aspect or is it a valid point? And I believe in that example, I just gave about the commission. I believe that's a valid point. Um, but this is something like if you've been an OG listener for a while, you'll remember the segment we used to have, I think back in season two, called shit my party said, where we had to make fun of our own parties. And that was part of the challenge was to just show you all that like, there is no reason to just blindly support a political party, which I mean, I feel like there's not a lot of reasons to blindly support anything in life, but that's, that's another podcast. (laughs) That's another total topic. Um, but that's such, such a good point. I love that you brought that up. Um, so I totally agree. And I think one other thing that we kind of wanted to touch on was what we see in social media a lot is we kind of touched on a little bit with existing in the bubbles and consuming news from your own side or having friends only in your own like space or whatever. And then just to add to that, there's like this other level where people will talk politics on Facebook and it obviously it exploded after the 2016 election. We saw more and more of that. I have no scientific data to back that, but I think, you know, I'm right here. And we saw a lot of back and forth and just a lot of vitriol between like (laughs) everyone. And it's kind of absurd to be honest. Like, I, I just don't know, like, have we always just sucked at talking to each other or like, I think about like, when we always say like bullying is bad for like kids and shit, but then like we all do that as adults and we speak to each other in like the shittiest ways. And it like really manifests itself in politics when it doesn't have to, like, I don't care what anyone says. It literally doesn't have to be the shit show that it can be. And I, and I think bringing it online and like the world is it's 2018, you know, it's going to be 2019. Like it's forever connected now. I feel like, do we need to relearn how to be polite to each other and like have these conversations? I think that what has happened is people have made general assumptions of the other side because it's gotten so tribalistic, mm-hmm. you know? So there are a lot of people, for example, that are Democrats and might say, okay, if you support Trump, you're racist. Yeah. And, and to me, that's not true. I mean, there, I'm sure that there are people that are racist that support Trump, but there, oh, there's, sure, there's several but... people that aren't that right. support him. Um, and, and the same for the other side. I'm sure there's people that are Republican that might have a few choice words about all Democrats. Mm-hmm. And again, some of those might be true and others are not. Um, and so what, what has kind of happened is in the social media era is we always want to paint the other person, like the other side is the bad side. And, you know, I think the more that labeling kind of happens, uh, the less or the, the more we come apart, you know, and you know, so that makes it uh, a difficult. I think that the other thing I've seen, and, and this is my own kind of personal tangent, is 
a lot of people will defend justice on the internet, but a lot of people also do not defend justice in real life because like it is very easy (laughs) to share a Facebook post or retweet a tweet or, you know, makes like make fun of somebody for, for, for having an opinion on something. But, you know, like it's a completely different thing to go to a voting poll, vote for the election, vote at state level, vote at city level. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're angry about something or you want to see something done, go to a protest. If you uh, feel like something should be signed off on, then, you know, find a way to get involved. And so many people want. So many people want people to look at them and say, oh, wow, they really care about something. Oh, what a good person. But to actually go and do that work is very different. And, and the comparison that I make, and this is kind of going off topic a little, is like if you take a pill and it can say, okay, like you can instant weight loss, like you might be able to get rid of like 30 pounds, but like, have you looked at the side effects of the pill? Mm. Like, are you going to actually, you might lose 30 pounds, but are you going to actually look better? Uh, you know, but people would rather just take that pill than they would, you know, bust their ass at the gym, uh, go on a diet and like maybe wait a couple months to actually see the results, but it actually is natural. So people would rather do the quick little, you know, the quick hit of, okay, I'm being a good person. I'm helping when, you know, in the long term, it's actually not really helping. Helping is going out and doing, you know, putting in the work and, you know, not necessarily just showing off for social media, but doing it because you believe it. Yeah. We don't need anyone to flex on social media, but that's a really good oh god preach like and this is something I have problems I have a lot of problems with my own party because I'm a critical thinker but one thing is that we love to just talk and talk and talk which is fabulous and we should continue that but like we don't show up at the polls (laughs) that is something that democrats and Republicans are different at Republicans consistently show up at the polls. And so we can have these really important conversations on social media, which we should, and we should speak to people politely and kind of understand their other side, especially if you want someone to eventually come to your side, like you're not going to do that by insulting them. Right. So even if you do everything correctly with that, like you yourself still need to show up. And I understand there can be barriers to that. If you don't, have the right to vote if you're an ex-felon, if, I don't know, the gerrymandering is just so insane. But like, even all of that, you can vote people out and then like (laughs) fix. Like, I mean, I think amendment four on the Florida ballot is to restore ex-felons voting rights. So like all of that is still overcome by voting. All of the dark money in politics can be done away with by voting. Like literally all of it is still solved by voting. Is it hard as hell? you bet <laughs> like could it take decades yes but the time's gonna pass anyway so get your ass to the polls um so that is something i totally agree with because what are they called like i've heard two terms and i don't know, know which one i prefer keyboard warriors or armchair activists i like key- er, armchair activists is probably better That's for fun. this, this I like word. That. <laughs> uh keyboard warrior is is more of like a trolling Ugh, uh, don't trolling do that. term don't you know if you troll on twitter maybe so from annoying. an anonymous anonymous account uh you are a keyboard warrior (laughs) i don't like this (laughs) so i'm gonna go with armchair activists i'm hoping we don't have a lot of trolls listening i don't know maybe we do 
Maybe we have some of those Russian trolls listening. I don't know. I see Russia on our stats page a lot. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> Illuminati. <laughs> Illuminati confirmed. Um, so what were we even saying? I love this. Oh, we were saying that. <laughs> but yeah, so it's just like, oh, it's just so important to actually show up and do the work. And by do the work, I mean literally cast a ballot. Like it is not that much effort. And if you really want to like go hard, and you live in a state that allows it, vote early because you don't know if you're going to get called into work on election day. You don't know if you're going to fall down and break your leg. Like you literally, like if you um, have any sort of like emergency that pops up, like, and you can't vote and you like, there's no reason you should miss out on voting. And so A, that's something I love to push for in a lot of states is early voting or vote by mail or just making it fucking more accessible and not as difficult because like the most important thing we'll do but anyway <laughs> to, to kind of go back um not to get super woke here but i feel like oh, one shit. of the biggest issues with armchair activists is just like anything human psychology a lot of times when we do something and then we continue to do that thing for say six months or a year or two months or, or sorry a year two years <laughs> three years uh it becomes What's harder beer <laughs> I can't tell you. I'm just kidding. Uh, it becomes harder and harder to break out of habits. And um, so one of the hardest things to do with human psychology is to actually break that habit. So, you know, if you're always sharing a post on Facebook or you're always giving your two cents, but then you're actually not turning up to the vote, you're not turning up to vote or you're not turning up to sign people up to vote. Um, being able to, you know, change that kind of, being able to change that and actually going into helping something happen versus, you know, just talking about it is it, very important. So I, I would really, I just kind of wanted to highlight that because it's very difficult for people to actually, the call to action, so to speak, it's very easy to say, oh yeah, I can do that easily. But, you know, to consistently do it, you know, five days, seven days a week um, is it, a lot harder than it is to, you know, retweet something, it takes two seconds. Um, so, and, and again, th this is, uh, not to get on my, uh, what is it called? The soapbox, not to get on my soapbox, but it's the same thing with people that want to make money. Like a lot of people want to make money, but then when it comes to actually finding out how to make money, they're like, ah, well, like that's going to take long, like way too long. I don't want to do that job. Like, no, I'm not smart enough, you know? And it just like, you see the solution at the end of the, you know, you see the light at the end of the tunnel. But you also know that the tunnel is like seven fucking miles long and you don't have a car and you have to walk through the tunnel. You know, it's a long process. <laughs> absolutely. So does that mean you'll be voting in the midterm elections? Yes, absolutely. And you, if you're reading the, or if you're reading this, if you are <laughs> if you're reading this, I'm impressed. How did you do if that? If you're reading this, I'm very impressed. If you're watching this. I'm still impressed. It's a you're creepy. still very impressed. We don't have video We do not have video turned on. <laughs> But if you're listening to this, I'm not impressed at all. No, I'm kidding. If you're listening to this, please go vote. Yes. It'd be great. And you can subscribe on iTunes for that shameless self-plug. So thank you, Marcus. I want to end this by doing something that we did on our other profiles, uh, rapid fire questions. So I'm going to ask you questions and you're going to answer just first thing that comes to your head super quick. Okay. I did not prepare you for this. So I think it's going to be funny. Oh, man. <laughs> all right. Are you ready? As ready as I'll be. Would you rather give presents or get presents? Give presents. 
If you had a child, what would you want? No. If you had a child, would you want them to be super popular in high school? Or would they be super nerdy in high school? You had to pick most popular, most nerdy. I would say most nerdy. Okay. I guess I can't give my explanation for that one. <clears throat> I mean, I already stuttered on it, so whatever. We'll take our time. Go ahead. I feel like a lot of people that become very popular, and I'm totally biased with this, like, they actually, at least in my high school, like, they ended up actually, like, getting, uh, they ended up not really going as far as they probably could have been in life. And I think part of that could have been because of their Im- the image that they they had. And, like, by the time they left high school or, or maybe even left college, like, finally, the image <laughs> just died down and faded away. And, um, yeah. That's the cliche for a reason, probably. Mm-hmm. If we're going to stereotype. All right, make a high-pitched sound. Oh! <laughs> Okay, from one to ten, one being super cold, ten being boiling water. How hot do you like your shower? Eight. Ooh, interesting. <laughs> that was inappropriate. If Kim Kardashian and Donald Trump were both drowning and you could only save one, who would it be? I would save Donald Trump okay. and I would use his hair to lasso Kim Kardashian and to save her as well. So just ignore the question. Then. Ignore the question. Okay, great. <laughs> Do you like the smell of gasoline? Yes. Ugh. Why? It smells like money. It smells like <laughs> Oh my God. Can you touch your toes without bending your knees? Yes. Do it. Oh, oh yeah, I did it. Oh, wait. Okay. No, your toes. Oh, I'll give it to you. <laughs> Do you like the name no, Charlie for a girl? No. What? It's so cute. No, it's not. Oh my god. Do you know the definition of a triskaidekaphobia? No. Neither do I. Have you ever tasted soap? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is it because you were swearing as a kid? I don't know. I mean, my parents are from Scotland, so. <laughs> so that you, doesn't you, make you sense. Could, yeah. You could, uh, answer that. <laughs> if you were given an all-expenses-paid trip to Cleveland, would you take it? Yep. Mm. I love traveling, even to Cleveland. <laughs> Do you like tapas or pasta more? Um, pasta. Would you rather ask permission or beg forgiveness? Beg for forgiveness. <laughs> if the toilet paper roll is really low, oh, but not completely out, do you replace it or do you leave it for someone else to do? You leave it for someone else to do just so they can be completely aware. And if they're not, then they're shit out of luck. Ugh. Ooh. I wish I could. I wish I was a better editor so I could like add in like the boo sound. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> How many redheads are you friends with? Uh, honestly, none. But oh. I, I do like redheads. Like, there's something like I don't know. If we're playing the stereotype of the redhead, like innocent, kind of quirky. Like, I like I like redheads. <laughs> what type of milk do you put in your cereal? Um, white milk. <laughs> like. Skin. I don't know. It's not skin. Low fat? I don't know. <laughs> I don't need cereal, to be honest. So. He clearly doesn't do the shopping in his house. Um, would you rather be best friends with Beyonce or Rihanna? Beyonce. Why? I mean, Beyonce just has that, <laughs> that what is it, that air about them? Like, mm, yeah. Yeah. What's the capital of New York? Albany. Ooh. Have you ever been to Africa, the entire continent? I have not. I would, like, <laughs> I would love to go there. Would you eat a day-old taquito? From 7-Eleven. Depends on how many blue moons. No, I actually would have to. Regardless. 
<laughs> what sound does a seal make? Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> Do you have any friends that are six four? Um, thankfully not, or else um, I wouldn't have a girlfriend. Why is that? Because he's six four. Got to watch out for those guys. Oh my six, god! <laughs> I know guys that are six two and we're well, will wear some high heels to be six four to impress a girl. That can't be real. Is that real? No. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's end it. On um, say something cool. What's up? Oof, you failed that very last one. But that's all good. Thank you so much, Marcus, for being on the dub party. I have enjoyed having you here. I've enjoyed doing our first ever dub party in person, doing a civic engagement interview for those of you that needed to be reminded to register your asses to vote. And yeah, thank you so much for being here. Can I can I have one final thought here? Oh, yes. Okay. So politics are important. Just remember that regardless of Democrat or, or Republican or, or any of the parties, you are ultimately in control of your life. So you make the decisions. Um, th- there might be some advantages and disadvantages that, come, that comes with who's ever elected in the party. But at the same time, you make the choice for what's best for you or your family or your life. So don't make excuses and do the best that you can as a human. And on that note, we're going to sign off. I will talk to you guys next week. Well, party's over. You know how it goes. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us. You can catch us all over at the after party by searching for us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And trust me, we definitely want to talk to you more. For exclusive content that we only share an email and a chance to win TDP merchandise and look way cooler than all of your friends, head over to www.thedevparty.com and subscribe to our email newsletter. Until next time, we'll catch you later. Bye, friends.